Well, what's up, folks? It is Thursday Eve, or sorry, Friday Eve, because it is Thursday. Friday Eve, uh, I guess, you know, Thursday night for those who keep track of the days of the week. This is episode 75, and the one thing that we enjoy is, again, where we can have guests, and we don't need to introduce this gentleman because he introduced himself. Mark Farzetta will be on with us here momentarily because Mark is such a pleasure to have all the time. He's a lot of fun, and we can't have him enough on the show because he always comes with terrific knowledge. So Mark will be on with here with us here momentarily. Of course, you guys can catch Mark Farzetta Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 a.m., which I call the power hour because the man never rests. He works so much that I, I think his sponsors actually try to keep him sleeping so he can just keep functioning all day long. But it's okay because Mark does an excellent job. Again, Monday through Friday, you guys can catch him on YouTube. And by the way, when you look for him on YouTube, and I'll show up his Twitter handle here on the flip side, but when you look for him on YouTube, please hit that like and subscribe button because he would appreciate it, and so would the rest of us here at Broad Street South because he is such a phenomenal guest, and we can't have we can't wait to have him on. Is that, apparently, I got marbles in my mouth tonight. I don't know what the heck is going on, but that's what happens on a live show, but it's okay. But listen, everyone, thanks for tuning in. We're planning to have a great show as we have, of course, the Eagles season getting ready to ramp up. It is absolutely fantastic to talk football tonight. We know that next week, next Sunday, the not home opener, of course, the away opener will be in Atlanta. And then in two weeks, they'll be home against San Fran, if I do remember that correctly. But again, it'll be a fun night tonight with Mark Farzetta. Of course, the rest of the gang will be on. We can't wait to get the show started. Again, episode 75, I'm Angel, and this is Broad Street South. Now, normally, of course, I like to flip it around when it comes to The Godfather. So I don't know if we do the slow row intro or do we just do the regular drum line. How about we just do the regular drum line here for The Godfather? Well, it's The Godfather. First of all, hallelujah. What's <laughs> going on, Angel? A week to go, 10 days till the birds kick it off. We got Farsi in the house. I'm pumped up. The NFL season kicks off in a week. How the hell are you? Yes, I am doing fantastic. And by the way, for everyone who's tuning in, we are live from the LG Direct Sales Solutions Studio here in Tampa, Florida. Of course, the guys are back home in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, along with of course, everyone out there, I see Dougie just signed on, Bill, Mike, Mike, by the way, the uh, Mike Klein, the official founder of Philly to South, the official fan club, by the way, of Philly to South as well. We'll be out there in two weeks at Tampa Joe's. The rest of that gang will be out there next week to watch the Eagles season opener, but I'll see everybody down here in about two weeks. Uh, but listen, I'm having a great night tonight. We're planning on having tons of fun. I see that also Ryan here is waiting in the green room, so we'll pop in the national correspondent. Ryan, how are you this evening? I'm Ryan F. It's great to be with you this, e this evening. I wish Fuji would get a little bit more excited about tonight's guests and about everything that's going on. We got Eagles to talk about. We got, with all the things that are wrong with the Phillies, they're only a game and a half back, which is astonishing to me. I don't understand it, and I don't get it, but we'll get into that. So let's just hop right into it. That we will, and we also know, and I'm pretty sure uh, Farzi will let us know here when it comes to Ben Simmons, because apparently he wants out of Philadelphia, and no problem, because I'm pretty sure a lot of us will pack his bags for him, so no problem, but it's okay. Sixers are on the way up, and Ben will just be on his way out, but no big deal, and speaking about our great friend here, Mark Farzetta, 
Again, if you guys want to catch him on Twitter, of course, it's Mark Farzetta. And also, as you guys can see right here on the profile, which I'll make this just a tad bit bigger so you guys can see, Monday through Friday from 6 to 7. And if you click on the link tree, it will bring you up to this next page here so you can't miss Mark's show. Everything under the sun, farzyshow.com, on Apple, YouTube, Twitch, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter. And if you can put it in a morgue, he will put it there too so that everyone who's resting can listen to the Farzy Show. And with all that being <laughs> said, I'm going to bring on the man himself. It is Mark Farzetta. Mark, how are you this evening? A morgue, H? A morgue? Well, listen, we got to entertain everybody, so why not? Well, I just will say this. Thank you for showing that. I recently had to take off my OnlyFans account because now it's a family <laughs> website. Uh, but anyway, uh, no, I appreciate you giving me all the plugs there. It's very nice. You're good to be on with you guys again. Well, Mark. Not a problem with Listen, Mark, but it's true. You got to think about it, right? With everything that's going on in this world, why not? How fun would it be? Think about it. If we could have the very first sports kind of momentorium. So when people are there, like, I'm sorry for your loss. Hold on. Farsi's on. Give me a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, Uncle Frank would be all right. So, but it, I think it would be fantastic. It's just me. I think it would yeah. be fantastic. Yeah, that'll be, I guess, if, if I ever sign up for Cameo, I'll, I'll eagerly await people to, to pay me to do their family's eulogies. That's what, that's what I'll do. <laughs> hey, we got, that's what I'll do. That's a hell of a racket we just came up with on the fly there. Exactly. Side hustle. Yeah, exactly. Let's get that going. I will tell you two things that I see Kevin, our, our contributor here, standing by in the green room. But I will tell you this much. There's two things down here, Mark, that's famous in Florida. One is if you own an auto body shop, you will never miss out with a car. And number two, if you own a morgue, it's great because the people who's getting their car fixed, unfortunately, they won't make it either. So therefore, it's a two for one deal, and it works wow. out just fine. Yeah. That's, I, I, now I have a retirement plan, Angel. Thank you. <laughs> well, you're <laughs> welcome. No problem. <laughs> and uh, before we get the show underway, we're going to be adding here Kevin Towns from first of all Retro Sports Talk with my media partner from Media Goose's Pond. We have Kevin Towns that I'm bringing up here right now on the window. And Kevin, how are you this evening? What's going on, fellas? How's the world treating you guys? It's football! And for all you NFL fans here, let's not get it twisted. Hey, let me put it up for y'all right now. Now baby. there you go. There we go. There you go. That's that's all we need to see. That's all we need to see. Wait, listen, so Mark, we, uh, I guess we'll, st we'll start before we get into Eagles talk, Ben, right? We're back to Ben Simmons again. Ben is becoming like the Allen Iverson of practice. We talking about practice. No, now we're talking about Ben Simmons. Mm. So Ben once again decides, and I think we all kind of knew this, as you can see, he decided to make his house out there in California. I'm wondering if it was Kardashian related, just saying, but he made his out, his house out there in California and who knows? He probably wants to be a Laker. He may want to be a Clipper. Who knows? He may want to play someone on the East Coast. But Ben, once again, after Doc Rivers saying that he didn't want to be traded, he was going to be off the market, he was going to work with Ben Simmons, here we are again with Ben Simmons, but this time it's Ben saying he doesn't want to come back. So what is the latest and the greatest when it comes down to Ben Simmons? Uh, well, there's only the latest and unfortunately not much greatest when it comes to him right now. He doesn't want to be in Philadelphia. He doesn't want to be held accountable by his coaches, by the fan base, by his teammates, because those are those three parties all tried to hold him accountable. And it's unfortunate Ben Simmons didn't want to hold himself accountable. Doc Rivers comes out and says after the game, as it was highlighted in the Keith Pompey story, who was, by the way, just because people are forgetting this all of a sudden, Keith came out with a story locally that was reported nationally a month ago. So Keith basically confirms the story and gives it a little bit more credibility because he is a journalist. 
the story that Kendrick Perkins put out on ESPN a month ago saying that Ben Simmons was thinking about not reporting. He's willing to hold out if if he if uh, you know he uh, if he's not traded uh, this offseason. So Kendrick Perkins puts it out there, and people want to say Kendrick Perkins doesn't know anything. What the hell is he talking about? It then Keith Pompey's like, no, that guy's right. So now everyone wants to pay attention to what's really going on here. So you have a former player saying it. You have a uh, journalist saying it locally here with Keith Pompey. Uh, so the writing's on the wall that he wants to get out of here. Now it's all but official. How did this change from at the start of the, the offseason, after they lost to the Hawks in Game 7, how did this change from the narrative being, no, 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 Ben doesn't want to be traded. Uh, you had uh, the, the uh, his, um, uh, what is it, Rocky had his party, his uh, ca- camp, meet with the Sixers. They said they don't want to be traded. They want to work together on establishing an offseason workout for Ben Simmons. Then it comes out that Ben isn't in keeping in contact with members of the front office. Uh, it's even being leaked that he's not talking to certain teammates, and Tyrese Maxey is certainly talking to him. He's not, he's a member of Clutch Sports as well. So it to me, the, when you look at the latest, the latest is, is going to be the latest for a long time here. Ben wants out. His days as a 76er are over. Prior to this story being confirmed by Keith Pompey, I wanted Ben Simmons back. I was going to welcome him back to Philadelphia with open arms just on the chance, in the chance he would come back as a better basketball player, a north of 70% free throw shooter, and a guy that wouldn't cower in the playoffs, and a guy that at least had a mid-range game. Now I don't think we're ever going to see it because now that he wants to quit on his teammates – quit on his coach, quit on this city, and go somewhere else where he won't be held nearly as accountable? See you later, Ben. Don't let the door hit you. The fact that you're quitting is just as bad as passing up on a dunk to Matisse Thibel in Game 7 when your team is down two points in Game 7 with 3.29 left in the game. Um, I'm, I'm done with Ben. And you know what? If he goes somewhere else and he develops all those things, guess what? It wasn't going to happen here in Philadelphia. We gave him support. We gave him love. We gave him all that for five years. He's the one that didn't take advantage of it. Why why is it now that it comes out that he wants to be traded? Almost where training camp's right around the corner. Uh, because it hamstrings the it hams it hamstrings the Sixers even more. So he knows coming out and saying this, the Sixers won't get as much as a, of a return. So it hurts them. And it only helps him because he has the trump card, so to speak, of, of saying, I, I won't play. I'm not going to show up. I'm going to hold out of camp. So the Sixers really can't do much about that unless they're going to continue to pay him the $127 million that's left on his deal to not play basketball because that money's guaranteed. So now you're looking at this, you're looking at this situation right now with Ben Simmons, and he waiting to this point only puts the Sixers in a tougher spot and puts Ben in a better spot because they have to trade him then. It's not like I can just sit there and wait patiently for you to do something. If I play, that gives you even more time. The fact that that money is going to continue to get drained from the Sixers forces the Sixers' hand. And and all that is is honest to God's truth, unfortunately. Uh, I I will give this one to Ben. Because unfortunately, that's the only kind of rim shot he's ever going to get it. Because nothing else freaking matters when it comes to Ben. He's just, you know, we, we get tired of it. We we support the guy. We talked about him. You know, he he didn't worry about making three pointers. I mean, everything under so many came to the media. Like all the fans had came to his support. All of us have seen when the Sixers couldn't give away free tickets on Power ninety nine. I'm pretty sure Kevin can remember that when they couldn't <laughs> give away free tickets. I mean, everyone stood around them. Yeah. Then, you know, we, we we get one of the better centers in the NBA, tells us to trust the process, and then to believe in Ben. But I'm pretty sure I – you know what? Matter of fact, 
I would love to go to Joel Embiid's place right now and just ask Joel, hey, Joel, so you defended your man for the longest, right? And he keeps pretty much slapping you in the face by telling you he doesn't want to be here. So how do you feel about it? I, I, that conversation I would love to have. As much as I would love to put Fuji and Howie in a ring, I would love to see Joel Embiid and, and unfortunately Ben Simmons put that stuff together because it, it's just ridiculous at this point. We, we, I, I, oh, sorry, Angel, go ahead. It's listen, Doc Rivers is trying to do something special here in Philly. I mean, we've seen guys who want to come here now. Once again, Philadelphia has become pretty much a destination Philly once again. Thank God, because we know that just a couple of seasons ago, nobody wanted to come here. Phillies, we're still working on that process. But when it comes to Doc Rivers, he's trying to do the best he possibly can with his organization, given what he has. So I don't understand what the disconnect is with Ben, but you know what? Take you and that Kardashian thing because anything that Kardashian touches <laughs> and it, it never turns to gold. So take that hightail to California. And and matter of fact, I'll bring up Bill's comment here before Ryan uh, gets a chance here. He says, uh, uh, "Nope, sorry, let me bring that one back." He said, "Let Ben let Ben sit for a season. Who cares? Let him hold out. Let's see how long he waits." Till he's tired of losing money, and I'll pack the bags himself. Hey, Bill, join the crowd because I'm pretty sure a lot of people right now are wherever he is in Cali. Let him stay there. He can take the Greyhound for all I care. Yeah, no, I I rather get something in return for Ben. I rather like look. Obviously, the fish of wish is Dame Lillard, and I hope that happens, and it, it could happen. But I don't I don't just want to play a spite game here. You're, you're wasting time with Joel Embiid if you don't get somebody in return for Ben Simmons. So I'd rather them make the deal as, as quickly as humanly possible. Well, you're absolutely right because, you know, how many more years does Joel Embiid have? Right. Well, prime, these injuries. Yeah, prime years. I mean, that's the thing. He just got the exactly. extension, which takes him till 34 years old, I believe, staying in Philadelphia. Right. So I don't know how good he'll be at 34. But these prime years, it's not so much the contract. It's how good he'll be over the next handful of years. So I don't want to waste any more prime years of Joel Embiid. If you can get somebody else in here of significant talent, you can get good draft picks in here as well. Get that deal done. Isn't this Andrew Rogers esque though? The way this is playing out and the way it's going to, or not, uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Aaron yeah. Rodgers. It, 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 it almost seems like that. And Joel Embiid has actually come out in the last couple of days and said that he's downplaying the rift between him and Ben. It almost seems like there's a power struggle going on here, just like with Rodgers and the Packers. I yeah. don't know how it's going to play out. I said last year they should have traded Ben Simmons because he just doesn't fit the system. He's never going to develop that mid range. He hasn't developed a mid range game now. Yeah, but you hear rumors all the time about, well, he plays pickup games and he's got a mid-range game. Yeah. So I don't know how this is going to play out, but he doesn't – just like Carson Wentz wasn't built for Philly, Ben Simmons is not built for Philadelphia. I 100% I, I agree with that. As far as the Rodgers comparison, I don't think that there's a rift between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, but I think that there's a rift between Ben Simmons and Sixers management because of Joel Embiid. For instance, two people that work together, right? And one one person looks at the one the boss looks at one of you as the golden child, and the other as I don't know the the cast off, so to speak. Right. Ben Simmons, I don't think is looked at as a cast off, but the, the, I think Ben Simmons knows who the favorite is. He knows who the favorite child is, and that's Joel Embiid. And I think Ben Simmons is jealous of that. And that's what Kendrick Perkins said the other day as well. The guy that's been on top of this story. I, I believe that there's a rift not between the two, 
but the third party, which is the team. The team looks at Joel Embiid longingly. They look at Joel Embiid to see if he is, as if he's the leader, the crown jewel, the process, which he is, and rightfully so. And Ben Simmons wishes he was the guy that was looked at in that same type of light. I don't think Ben doesn't like Joe because of it. I think Ben just wishes that he had that same type of uh, admiration from the front office that uh, Joel Embiid gets. And I think he's looking upon the trade that would have happened last year, him and uh, James Harden. I think he really holds a grudge against the front office for wanting to trade him for James Harden, and that deal ended up not happening. So that's where I think the problem really lies, not necessarily between the two players, but more so between the player himself and the front office. See, that's what I'm talking about. You guys, Mark, you're cooking like fish grease right now, brother, because you know what the heck you're talking about. That is what I'm talking about. Let me fill you guys in on something that's going on in Philadelphia right now. There's an assistant coach on the Philadelphia 76ers staff. His name is Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell is the one that cusses Ben Simmons out all the time, tells him, listen, if you don't want to be here, take your SHIT or whatever and go. Sam Cassell is telling you, listen, I made more money than you. My girlfriends are better than you. <laughs> better looking than yours. I don't care if you're with the Kardashians. He's been cussed out Ben Simmons, and he's been cussed out Joe Allen B. Now, Mark, I know that you know this, brother. You know this already. Why is Ben Simmons acting like he doesn't want to leave Cali and come back? We don't want you back, Ben. Nobody wants you back. Now, yo, Angel, let me tell you something. Uh-huh. Ben, Ben's paying. Ben's playing. He's paying to get in the clubs out here. He's paying for cheesesteaks again. They don't want him. He's getting booed as he walks down the street. Nobody wants him in Philly no more. Who oh, he's kidding. He can't come back. You ever get kicked out of the house when you're a kid because you didn't make your bed? You didn't exactly. do what you're supposed to do. Grandma, grandpa kicked you out of the house. That's how we feel about Ben Simmons. They don't want him back. And I understand that, you know, the head coach, he's trying to be, you know, yeah, I'll take him or whatever. That's only because Sam got another job. But Sam cussed him out really nice, Mark, and you know this. Angel, I think you know this too. They mm-hmm. said, listen, if you don't want to be here, if you don't want to over, instead of hanging out at the Kardashians, why don't you lock yourself in the gym and work on your jump shot? Why don't yeah. you do that, Ben? He never did it. Of course He's not. getting paid millions and millions of dollars, and he never did it. Philly's not built like that. Philly wants winners. We want to win all Kevin. day, twice on Sunday. Kevin, it's like Carson Wentz. Absolutely. They're not thick-skinned enough to play in Philadelphia. Absolutely. Either of them. That's what? why they That's everything why, yeah. That's why was Wentz good with Carson Wentz. Of Philly. Everything was good Mark. with Carson Wentz until that statue went up. What are they And a run in real estate in his head. Nikki Sixth. <laughs> Mark, what are they really going to get for him? What are they really going to get for him? What it. Because of all that's going on, is its value going to decrease because of the drama? Well, uh, well I'm going to re- get an old tuna fish sandwich, some tube <laughs> socks, and maybe some. Uh, <laughs> not, he might not even get that trade. That might not be good enough for Ben Simmons. He's done, guys. He's I, done. I, His I was confidence not, is shot. Listen, uh, if, if 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 the five of us right now went to a basketball court. And, and listen, all we had to do is get to 11. I wouldn't pick Ben. He can dunk the ball. Y'all know that he can dunk the ball. He can dunk the right. ball. But, guys, if you can't shoot, Angel, he won't shoot the ball. He did, apparently, he doesn't need to. Mark can tell us. Apparently, he doesn't need to. That's no, he true. does. No, he, he does. True. He absolutely needs to shoot the basketball. Thank I know, you, like, Mark. Like, like, he, like, the way he plays gets you so far. 
And I was all for having Ben Simmons back during the regular season. And if he didn't show improvement, trade his ass at the trade deadline. See you later, especially when his trade value would be higher than it would be him walking off the court as a guy that, that cowered away from a dunk in the playoffs. Exactly. Uh, but he he plays this way because he could get away with it during the regular season. In the playoffs, this is a guy that disappears. And you could even go back to the one-point game he had against the Celtics, what, three years ago now. That's that's inexcusable. And to talk about a guy not improving upon that offensive skill set in those three years in the playoffs is ridiculous. Well, how many times are you going to keep making videos every summer of taking um, jump shots and layups <laughs> when you can't even do it in the game or here's, here's step up in the playoffs? It's here's what I like to say. It shouldn't be breaking news that an athlete is working out. It should be breaking news that I'm working out because, like, I never work out. Like, that's more news breaking. But as far as what you could get back for Ben Simmons, I would love to fish the wish and get Dame Lillard. I'd, I'd love to get that perennial oh, all-star marquee score. What I actually think is going to happen now, unfortunately, is I think you're going to get a C.J. McCollum. I think you're going to get a uh, – and this isn't what I'm rooting for, but this is what I think you're eventually going to get – Malcolm Brogdon type of guy. And I don't want any of those guys. I mean, CJ McCollum, like we can have a conversation, but I want somebody to come in here and challenge Joel Embiid to be the leading scorer of this basketball team. Tobias Harris isn't doing that. Malcolm Brogdon isn't doing that. CJ McCollum, even in this offense, is not doing that. Like, I need someone in here that's a perennial all-star, someone that's going to challenge Joel Embiid for being the 28 to 30-point scorer per night that you need in this offense. Because, look, If you don't have Ben Simmons, let's acknowledge something here. Your defense is not going to be nearly as good as what it would be with Ben. So what do you need? You need the counterpoint to that. You need someone that's going to bring that same type of prowess, but on the offensive end, to this offense. If that's what you're going to lose defensively, you better double down offensively. So that's what the Sixers and Daryl Morey needs to do. And on top of that, you want to talk about pressure? On top of that, the pressure goes into this. Sixers had, uh, let's see here, uh, number one overall pick. Uh, Markel Fultz, how'd that work out? Terrible. Sixers had number one overall pick, Ben Simmons. That looks like it's over. Sixers had number three overall pick in Joel Embiid. There's your MVP, your perennial MVP candidate in all this, right? You need to make sure that all this losing, all that process wasn't just for one player. You need to make sure that it's to get you to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's to get you to the NBA Finals. It's to bring you a championship. This trade of Ben Simmons... Everything hinges on this right now. Whether or not you're going to be able to trade him for assets, for a player, whatever it is, that will help put you over the hump and make you ultimately a better team. And that's going to be a tall order because Ben Simmons is still a hell of a basketball player. But when he gets to the playoffs, he chokes, he cowers in the moment. Go get the guy that's not going to do that. Get the guy that's going to improve. Get the guy that's already at a level that you know he can play at for at least a handful more years to play next to Joel Embiid. More. Just to go back in retrospect, they had the guy and he didn't want to be here. He went to Miami. Jimmy Butler complimented Joe Ellen Beat to the yes, fullest. He and, he knows, he and he didn't want to play with Ben Simmons. Jimmy you know Butler. Because Ben Simmons don't have any heart. He needs Jimmy. to go to the Wizard and get one, like the damn Tin Man. The guy just fires me up. Jimmy Butler said, We got a point guard. <laughs> That won't shoot, and then we got a big man that shoots threes. What the hell am I doing here? I'm <laughs> Thank you. And no Thank one you. It. Appreciate. And let me tell you guys something else, right? I am a I am a Jayhawks fan. I mean, rock chalk Jayhawk. I love the Jayhawks. Kansas all day long. I got my Kansas blue on and everything, <laughs> right? Let me tell y'all something about your boy Joel and B. Have you guys ever met him? Have you tried to take a picture with him? Go up, go up to Joel and B with your kid or your grandkid and say, hey, Joel, 
you're the best thing that ever happened to Philly. Take a picture with my kid or my grandkid. He's an ass, guys. He's a hell of a basketball player, but he's an ass. Really? That's that's uh, I've I've had a good interaction with him, and it wasn't in a work setting. That's that's unfortunate. I mean, I'm not really I, I, I'm in the media. You don't really ask for pictures, but uh, so the uh, no, only I reason not. why I brought up that Mark is the fact that he has trouble communicating. He has a communication problem. He leaves a lot of stuff in. He doesn't communicate. You can't tell me the two guys that are multimillionaires that can't sit in the locker room and figure this one out. That's sad. You guys make those two make all the money in the world. You guys take all the shots in the world. You guys couldn't sit in the room and figure this one out. Well, how do you mean? I figure what, like getting Ben Simmons to improve? Just to work out. Just to work out. Yo, yeah. Ben, shoot the ball, bro. Shoot yeah. the ball. Here's, I here's, if you here's, miss it. I'll get the rebound. Shoot the here's, ball. Here's what I always like to tell people. It's unfortunate, but, um, but they're, they're not that different than you and I. The money is amazing, and yeah, I don't make that money. I don't think any of us do combined on this, not for nothing. But the right. that, that's, that's different. <laughs> the money's different. But in terms of the workplace and the work environment – we all know that one person in the office or have worked with that one person in the office that you have told a million times, dude, put a cover letter on your report, whatever. And they never put a goddamn uh, cover letter on the report. Exactly. <laughs> and you can call them out. You can tell the boss. The boss can tell them. And guess what's going to happen eventually? They're not going to be there anymore. So you choose the employee that you like. It's Joel Embiid in this case. And you get rid of the guy that won't put a cover on his TPS reports. And that's Ben Simmons. You're right. Would you would you would you sum up Ben Simmons in Philadelphia as I don't want to be Robin to Batman? Uh, I think that's part of it, but it's like I don't even know if he wants to be a superhero. Like, again, I know I know Robin and Batman. I know they were. I know it was just one rich guy and his younger friend. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think he even wants to be that superhero. It's the craziest thing in the world. The guy's got superhuman ability. Like he came into the league. What, like an eyelash away from being an all-star? Preach, right. Mark, preach. He, yeah. he came into the league right now as a guy that was a great defender, a great facilitator. He still is great uh, defender, great facilitator. He was this close to being an all-star from the moment he was drafted. He had the small, he had the, 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 the shortest ceiling and the highest floor. He couldn't break through that ceiling. Like, to me, that's just inexcusable. Like, you're talking about a mid-range game here. You're talking about a guy a basketball player who does not shoot a basketball and he's still got MVP votes. How the hell do you accept being that close to being an all-time great and you choose? It's not that he can't do it. We know he can do it. We've seen him do it. You choose not to shoot the basketball. Right. What the hell is that? And we're not even talking about threes, fellas. He was yeah. scared to go to the Mid-range. foul line. Mid-range. He was scared to go to the foul line. Why won't he shoot? So we, saw, listen, we saw it during the playoffs. We saw where he, he didn't want to he didn't want to take an easy layup. He doesn't want to get criticized. That's why he doesn't yeah. shoot. He doesn't yeah. want to take he doesn't want to take the criticism. He doesn't want to be accountable. That's why he passed up that dunk. Because he didn't want to bear the brunt of the burden. That's why. Yeah, but you have to listen. You have to, as an NBA player, you're getting paid millions. You understand? Just like Mark said, listen, we do this for free and we have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. Do, will we love someone like, you know, I don't know. Hurts come up to the house and say, listen, the Brunk Shrek's coming up. You guys are getting a million bucks each. Uh, listen, Mark and I and the rest of us, we can retire and do this forever. It would be a great thing. But as an NBA player, you know what's expected. You saw in the playoffs last year, basically, you know, they were an easy out last year. This year, we're thinking with Doc Rivers, okay, it's going to be a lot better. 
Then you get Mark. Mark reminded me, or not Mark, sorry, Ben Simmons reminded me of Cole Hamels when we went 2009 against against the Yankees to win back-to-back World Series, and Cole Hamels was more worried about playing golf. Instead of chasing another ring, because Lord knows the next time we'll see the Phillies win another World Series, it's the same thing. Cole Hamels gave up, so Ben figured, you know what, screw it, I don't need this. He must have already made up his mind. I don't know, when basically people were telling him that he couldn't shoot a three, he shot one three. One three, and he thought he was magic. It was like, all right, you guys shut up. Seriously? Because you made one three? Most of our grandmothers can make a three sitting from their wheelchairs or get along from their, you know, their beautiful couch they like to sit on. So for you to turn around and say, well, I don't have to do the things I want to do, or at least what Philly wants me to do, I'm going to do what Ben wants to do. And that's fine because you can stay home. You can stay in California. You can stay with your Kardashian. Thank God it's a family-friendly show because I could say something else about the Kardashians, <laughs> but I'm not, just to keep it instant. But it's just ridiculous that you don't come here with any heart, any ambition, anything whatsoever, and then you expect to just to walk away like, right, whatever. I'm the best thing since sliced bread being down there. Jimmy called him out on it, and Jimmy was right. And being down in Miami, I'm pretty sure he's probably telling everybody back in Philly, this is why I'm not around with that team because there was no heart in there. Kind of remind who was the Lakers clown that we had in here just a few years ago that came in here basically yeah, went bowling on him. Exactly. Another bum came in here and collected his paycheck, went bowling and everything else. And thanks to all the fans, he got paid. So you know what, Ben? You can take you and yourself, stay out in Cali because no one cares. No one cares. And I, I'll just, you know, I'll tone it down just a little bit because I'll get too much fired up when it comes down to it. We love well, it when you get fired up, though, Andy. Well, not from the little sisters of the pork and hit a jump. Yeah. Guy, for God's there sake. Are, there are just some athletes who want that burden on them. They can take it. They can handle it. And there's other athletes. They don't want to have anything to do with it. And Ben doesn't want to have anything to do with it. That's why he wants the hell out because he doesn't want to take it anymore. And unfortunately, that's the way it is. Hey, Angel, let me tell you where something. you can hide. Angel, when I was a single lost. man, right, and I used to hang out in Tampa or right. Miami or Dallas, I used to sit right next to the bathroom, right? And I would have a pocket full of money. Every girl that walked by that was halfway attractive, I would say, hey, when you come out, can I buy you a drink? 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 A lot of girls said no, but that average came out to, yeah, sure, I'll take a bit. How could you not want to shoot the ball? Shoot the ball? Not one time? You don't want to shoot the ball at all? That's, that's, that's no competitive edge at all. And no, I can't it, rock with a guy like that, Mark, at all. At all. That's that, an interesting post-up spot right outside that, the, the women's room. Right by the bathroom. <laughs> Yo, you might be either, either you're thirsty, you don't have any money, or you might have a yeast infection, but going back and forth to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, it's one of the two. There you go, kid. Shoot your shot. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Good Lord. That would deserve the rim shot there. But listen, In one it, hand, he had a wad full of cat, a handful of cats. In the other hand, he had cranberry juice. Exactly. What was in that cranberry juice? Guys, I was just I was just trying to get Angel to try to laugh because he was a little fired up right there. So I just tried to go and take it. Listen, that's a good That's going to run the highlight reel. Just let everybody know right now. Come tomorrow. <laughs> That's going to be the highlight reel. So it'll be pinned at the very top. Just yeah. let everybody know. But listen, if, if Ben Simmons had a walkaway song from Philly, he can walk away to that for all I care because no one at this point really cares about Ben. But I'll bring up the two comments here about Bill before we really get down to business here. Uh, Bill says, Mark, we saw when Ben played the Utah game, he put up 42 on the board. So it doesn't appear. Uh, so it doesn't appear to him and the team there's a rift or jealousy. 
So then he follows it up with, uh, correct me if he's wrong, we've never seen a basketball player not wanting to shoot the ball ever, right? Ben is the first one. Uh, first, wait a minute. Ben is the first. How does the team want to trade for him? Um, I'm I'm a little I'm a little long. Let me see that first comment again. I, I don't sure. I I think there's there might be a typo in the second one. Uh, Mark, we saw Ben play the Utah game, 42 points, uh, so it doesn't appear him and the team is a rift or jealousy. That's one game, and I don't think Joel Embiid played in that game against Utah. So I mean, I think that's just a bad uh, that's a bad example. Um, we know what he can do on a basketball court. See, that was aggressive Ben Simmons that played in that game that dropped 42 points. So I don't really understand. I, I, I don't I don't see a correlation between the two. Right. right. I, He's I, not I know. aggressive enough. He's never aggressive enough. Well. And if he wouldn't be aggressive enough. That, look, Mark, I've always said that Joel obviously should be the center and Ben should be a straight up power forward. Let him use that body. Let him use his moves. Let him use his aggressiveness. Keep him away from the perimeter. Don't use him in that fashion. I always thought that the coaching staff and management, they just screwed that all up. I thought they used him in, 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 in a they, – they didn't utilize what he does well, and that's right. post up. Because he can't yeah, shoot the damn ball, obviously. Yeah, but that's like I, I've, heard, I've heard that argument before, and I, I want to do experiments with, experiment with, with that as well. I know Brett Brown did it for a time before – Ben Simmons got hurt in the bubble a, a year ago. Um, but if you play in the post, you're going to get fouled, which means you're going to go to the line. If you have him at the perimeter, it's really the only time you can use him offensively if he's not driving the basket because then he can at least be the facilitator of the offense. If he's playing down low like he did in those instances with Brett Brown or like he did in instances where Tobias Harris ran point for a little bit or Tyrese Maxey ran point for a little bit, Ben would go to the court. He reminded me of Evan freaking Turner. He would go to the corner and just stand there and disappear. Uh, so when it came offensively, he either had to bring the ball up in transition and try to attack the basket, or he tried to bring the ball up and just facilitate and then disappear. But really the only way he would get involved in the offense is if the, if the ball started out in his hands. It's unfortunate and it sucks, which is all part of what we're talking about here, why he needs to improve. But I think that's why they didn't eventually commit to him as the number four. Yeah, I, I, listen, I, I cannot not degree, disagree there, but you know, Mark, we'll have another night. This the Sixers talk, we can go on forever. We can also go around the NBA too, because some people, like I said, I, I know some people like to say that LeBron is the greatest of all time, but we're getting to it. And it's because we had a conversation with, uh, matter of fact, with Kevin here and Goose on Sunday about the greatest of all time. Uh, as far as LeBron, we're going to have a conversation before that the NBA season starts. We're going to rehash this all over again because there is a lot to talk about between the Sixers, the Lakers. I mean, right now, obviously, the Milwaukee Bucks being defending champions and the Greek freak decided who probably one of the guys that we've seen in, in a very long time that actually wants to stay with their organization and watch him win, if possible, multiple ones. He didn't come on like LeBron where LeBron's not, we're going we to win one, we're going to win two, we're going to win three. The Greek freak stayed quiet. He was humble, did the job he had to do. And he's hoping that Milwaukee can come back again, come next season, build around the team, and then do it again. So, I, and listen, whatever Milwaukee's doing, they're doing it right. Thanks to the Greek freak for, for winning the NBA championship over there with Milwaukee. But at least, like, be humble. That's the one thing that Ben apparently can't do in Philly. I don't know what it is that he can't do it. But we'll, we'll come back to this conversation because it, it's just – it's ridiculous, but it's okay because we're we're planning on, of course. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. And that's what you know. When it comes down to the Eagles, it, once again, here we are. It's the 2021 season, and I'm pretty sure because everybody wants to start the chant here. 
2021, the expectation for Nick Sirianni, Mark, I think it's listen. No one expected for for him to be hired here in Philly. I don't. The same way I've said it before, another show that I don't think even Nick knew that it was coming. But from we heard from the Colts organization is that Nick is diehard as far as he's he's been football all his life. Growing up, his dad, his family, so he's always been surrounded by. You know, nothing but football events in his life. I guess to put it in the, in the in the best perspective, but now he's here in Philly. I know the expectations are, and I know Bill's going to call me out on this because he put a comment out there earlier, which I said they'll end up winning ten games. Of course, it's a far stretch, but you know what? Things can happen. I think Nick, with what he has, his new coaches, with this team the way structured right now, it finally took him until yesterday to name Jalen Hurts as starting quarterback. The expectations for Nick Sirianni. Is it going to be too high for him? Meaning that you know Matt Nagy when he came from the CFL, obviously he took the Bears almost, almost to the promised land. He came up short, obviously against the Eagles with a double doink, but he came out firing from the CFL. From the CFL, Nick Sirianni, the expectations before we even get into the rest of the Eagles talk. What do you believe are the expectations with Nick and the Eagles this season? Uh, I think the expectation is to compete for the uh, NFC East. I mean, that's my expectation. Uh, it really depends on health as it does for everybody, no doubt about it. But, I mean, we have an unknown in Jalen Hurts at the, at the quarterback position. I expect them to at least give you those meaningful games in December. We talk about it all the time with a, a team like the Phillies, give us meaningful games like they are right now in September. Same type of thing in December and January now with week 18 in the NFL schedule, 17 games. So I, my expectation is they better compete for this uh, NFC East because I don't think anybody in this division is going to run away with anything. Dak Prescott hasn't shown you he can stay healthy. That, that team, when everyone is he healthy, hasn't shown you that they can be a good Dallas Cowboy football team. And let's get, get it out of the way. Dallas sucks. Um, the, the Washington football team, the same type of thing. Their defensive line obviously is something. I mean, people talk about the Eagles' defensive line. Washington's defensive line is something to really be aware of. Uh, and then you also look at a team like the Giants, and it's an unknown under Joe Judge. Daniel Jones can't play consistently enough. So I think the Eagles are right there as far as competing to win this division. Maybe they'll compete for a wild card, but I see this NFC East just not being that good. It, it really comes down to Nick Sirianni. How is he going to call plays during the regular season? How is he going to handle adversity? Because when you're Mr. Positive, how are you going to handle adversity? I thought it was a great thing during training camp when in the first, I think it was first 20 minutes or so of practice, he shut it down. He said, nope, all right, hold on, stop. Everyone bring it in, brought it in, and said, right now we're not having a good practice. This stops right now. Take a minute, realize today's not our day, and let's bounce back and finish this strong. That's a good way to handle a bad day at training camp, especially for a rookie head coach to try to rein everything in in the early goings of practice. So I thought that was a great sign. Um I look forward to seeing what type of play caller he is, what type of game plan he, he can put together, and see if he really does this. Because I think a lot of coaches say this, but not a lot of coaches do it. A lot of coaches say, it's not about me, it's not about my scheme, it's about the talent that I have around me. Great coaches coach to what they have. They don't try to square peg round hole talent into their system. We'll see if that's the case. If he does that, I think Jalen Hurts is going to have himself a really good year. I think Jalen Hurts, with the weapons of Miles Sanders, the young kid, Kenny Gainwell, Two tight ends that can play at a Pro Bowl level in Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. And then three young wide receivers that are speedsters, Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, and Devontae Smith, who I think can get open on any route. Those are weapons right there offensively. You give them a quarterback that doesn't have as bad a year like Carson Wentz had last year behind an off a healthy offensive line, they are going to make noise this year. Now look, 
I don't want to get ahead of myself. I see this team winning around eight wins, nine wins this season. In this type of year, that might be good enough to at least give me those meaningful games in December. But if Jalen Hurts is a little bit better than I'm expecting him to be, you can mm-hmm. start talking about a 10, 11, 12-win season for this Eagles football team. Mark, what is your take of the Eagles, the acquisition of uh, Garden Garden Minshew. Minshew. Couldn't get it out. Yeah, yeah, no. Um I think you have a steady backup. I think you have a guy that if Jalen Hurts, for whatever reason, if he – hey, let's, let's entertain what could happen. Jalen Hurts could suck. Jalen Hurts gets benched. You have somebody else to look at for the long-term part of the year. Jalen Hurts gets, gets injured, and he's going to miss four or five weeks. I think that's where Gardner Minshew comes in. We talked about a similar situation last year with Nate Sudfeld. Who's going to be the guy to come in now, and who's going to be the guy to play long-term if something does go down? We thought if Carson Wentz goes down in a game, Nate Sudfeld would be the guy to play in that game. But long-term, it would be Jalen Hurts. I now think in this scenario, Gardner Minshew is the Jalen Hurts, where, yeah, on the depth chart, you're expecting him to be the third-string third, uh, third string quarterback. But really what's going to happen here long-term, he's the second option. Joe Flacco would be, in in case of emergency, break glass. He comes in. But I think Gardner Minshew is going to be the guy they're going to look at, who's only 25 years old, only two years older than Jalen Hurts, has plenty of NFL experience. Well, has two years of NFL experience, which is good enough to take the starter reins. I think he'll be the guy to come off the bench and be the guy to take over for Hurts. I just interviewed Ross Tucker before I talk to you guys. He'll be on my show tomorrow morning. Ross thought the same thing in terms of it's not going to be a short leash. It's not like they're looking at Jalen Hurts saying, you better play well in the first three games or you're benched. Uh, I, I don't think they're looking at it like that. I agree with Ross on that point. I think it's going to be a matter of really a long-term thing where if he gets hurt or it doesn't work out through the first five, six weeks of the season, that's where you'll see Gardner Minshew start to threaten becoming the starter of this football team. Well, some news came out earlier today that Howie Roseman went to Jalen Hurts and said they were going to acquire Gardner Minshew just to make him feel comfortable with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Howie he was fine. Yeah. yeah, Howie mentioned that uh, during the press conference Nick Sirianni uh, I believe it was two days ago, and that's how you got to handle it. I mean, again, they're not that different than us. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if something, if somebody's coming in in the same position of uh, like you in your job, it, it's nice if the boss goes. And by the way, just so you know, this is what's going to happen. It's nice <laughs> to have that heads up. Of course, God so, Mark, Mark, yeah, go ahead. Mark, I was just going to say one problem I had with the Eagles last year is I didn't think they ran the ball enough. Because, like I told these guys, if you go back and take a look at the stats. The first half of the damn season last year, the Eagles averaged like 5.4 yards per carry with Miles Sanders in the backfield, and they didn't run the ball in the second half. Do you think, knowing that Hurts is going to go through a full season, that Sirianni is going to make it a point to run the damn ball? Uh, Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) To answer your question, uh, I want him to. You and I are on the same page, but you and I, unfortunately, aren't putting plays in the playbook for Nick Sirianni. Here's here's why I don't think so. Um, the Eagles just have never been that team. Um, the offensive line has to stay healthy for that to happen. Uh, and on top of that, usually whenever you ask a coach about the run game and he responds by talking about the screen game, you kind of know the direction they're going to go. Uh, they've talked about many times how they're going to get back to reincorporating the uh, screen game, similar to what we've seen under Brian Westbrook, right? Let's hope that happens. But you read about that. You watch press conferences with Nick Sirianni. You watch press conferences with Miles Sanders. And Miles Sanders is even saying, oh, yeah, we're going to be using it a lot more as far as the, the, the scheme that we're going to use to use screens and all that stuff. And you get excited. And then 
you start seeing Miles Sanders drop everything thrown his way at practice. And like, that's just <laughs> like, come on. Uh, so when they start talking about screen, when you're asking about run game, that kind of lets you know that they're not going to really rely on the run. And let, let's face it. Where are we at in the NFL right now? We're in the most pass happy league there. Like yeah. Joe Flacco has passed Joe Montana in like passing yards. How the hell does that make any damn sense? Well, it makes sense because the rules change. It's the way the game is played nowadays, and that just sucks. Like, I wish there was more of a healthy balance. I, I wish there was more of a ground and pound type of style of play, but we're just not going that way. It's all about the air in the NFL right now. It's all about being pass happy. So that's just the trend right now. And with Gainwell, with Boston Scott, with uh, with, with Miles Sanders, if he can catch a damn football, I think you're going to have guys catch the ball in the backfield, uh, run out of the backfield on wheel routes and be able to get you a lot of positive yards in that way. And let's not forget, one of the things that makes Jason Kelsey so damn special is his ability to get out there on a uh, on a screen and just clear a path for a running back. I'm hoping we see that type of uh, play again from this Eagles offense. Like I said earlier, similar to what we saw with Brian Westbrook, where that was such a great weapon to have. Well, as you're saying, mentioning Kenny Game, well, I think he's that player. I mean, he's a yeah. hell of a player in Memphis. Yeah, you know, screen game, just like you said, Brian Westbrook, mm -hmm. just dump it off. Mm -hmm. You know, let let the O line mix it up and bang mm -hmm. heads down the field like they they did during that Andy Reid era. Yeah, making those blocks. Mm -hmm. That was a great era, as far as that, as far as the screen game went. Here's a question for you, Mark: Does the Eagles have enough depth on this team? That's my question. I don't think they do. Uh, at running back, certainly not. <laughs> at at quarterback, at what yes. position though? Would you oh. say they got the most depth? Oh, offensive line. I mean, there's two things Howie has most, been most consistent about, and that's offensive line and quarterbacks. Uh, they're, they're no question about it. I mean, they're just stacked defense. Uh, offensive line, they got a lot of talent to go around. Um, I, I'm not the biggest Andre Dillard fan in the world, but oh, I, I no. do. I, I but here's the here's the thing. I'm not making excuses for the guy, but I'm trying to be real about it. The guy's a left tackle. Putting him at the right tackle position against the Seahawks was malpractice. <laughs> like, how do you do that as an organization? Like, I understand you want to test him, see what he could do, but you should kind of get a vibe for the personality and mentality of a player already, and he was not suited to play right tackle. Uh, if he just plays one position, get his feet wet in that situation, then let him do it, and I think he'll be a better backup left tackle than some people are willing to give him credit for. Um I think uh, a guy like Landon Dickerson, when he's healthy enough to actually step foot on the football field, I think he'll give you a lot of good snaps on this football team. I think when you look over throughout the offensive line, they invested heavily in backups for that position, and that's why you're only looking at positions of three running backs. That's why you're looking at a, a, a situation where you're looking at the defensive line, seeing how stacked they are is another very de uh, deep uh, part of the roster defensive line. Uh, linebacker is very, very uh, the, uh, shallow as far as the depth goes there. How he values offensive line, quarterbacks, and defensive line in that order. That's why you're seeing uh, even a guy like uh, J.J. I think a Whiteside make the team simply because of the fact that he plays special teams. He's not going to get a lot of snaps as a wide receiver, but he's going to get a lot of snaps as a special teamer. Your wide receivers on this team are going to be Devontae Smith. They're going to be uh, they're going to be the guys I mentioned earlier, Jalen Rager and uh, Quez Watkins. Here's a here's a blunt question to ask you. Who's calling the shots, Nick Sirianni or Howie Roseman about the roster? Oh, that's Howie easy. Yeah, that's Howie easy Roseman. One. Yeah, <laughs> Howie Roseman. That's buddy. That's yeah. his buddy. They have dinner together. Oh, that's Friday. adorable. That's yeah. nice. Did mm. did Howie order your food for you, or did were you allowed to pick your own course? <laughs> Spoon fed. <laughs> <laughs> 
spoon fed. How you want it? You need something? How's that taste? You don't want me to go How's off that taste, that Nick? <laughs> Do you like that special sauce? Is there any way you could get a hold of him in the front office and get him on a show? Howie? Yeah, do you have any connection to that? To get, no, Howie, I, I really Howie does one show. Howie does one show. No, Howie does one show, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we would do that about Ben Simmons to hit a jump shot before we got Howie yeah. on the show. I'd, I'd love to just debate him for hours on end. Just to I'd love to see Howie. I'd love to see Howie Roseman and Ben Simmons have a free throw contest. Just see how it would work out. I bet you Howie would win. Howie would probably win. He probably would. That's all right, though. Bill, uh, by the way, I asked a question. You said, uh, why are the birds only carrying three bo- uh, three backs on a roster this year? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, again, it goes to the depth of the defensive line and offensive line and quarterback. I mean, all, I think all three guys, all, all three quarterbacks are probably going to be active on game day, which is just insane. Um, but, yeah, that's that's why. it's it's. I was surprised they let Holyfield go. go. I was surprised they let Jordan Howard go. I thought the oh. whole reason they brought him back was to have that more veteran presence in the backfield. Having to pound the ball. I mean, you need that. Yeah. Loser, loser. Yeah. I don't. I don't agree with it, but that's that's the direction they well, went. They just like small backs, like Corey Clement and Darren Sproles, and so on. Yeah. Which ground and pound, third down, pound it in. But mm-hmm. well, that was it's a it's another good question too here too because then you had Travis Fulgham, which obviously was a lead receiver come last year, and then he gets cut, but he gets brought back on the practice squad. practice squad. Yeah. Yeah, so what the world happened there? Because I, I thought he was apparently on cue to be one of the wide receivers, but apparently not. So apparently he sucks at practice. <laughs> like that's talking about practice. Yeah, not a game. talking about practice, man. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, tra- uh, Travis Fulgham. It just uh, Jason Devot was talking about this the other day on Inside the Birds podcast, where uh, Travis Fulgham just has a bad. He might he might be a bad attitude guy. Now, oh, now for so me. me yeah, for me, I'd rather go with the guy that's actually done something in the NFL as opposed to the guy I really hope makes it. Um, but, look, here's here's why I made it. Here's why uh, J.J. Ortega waits I made it. I'm not saying this is my reasoning. This is I'm telling you factually why he made it. He made it because he's a second-round pick and he right. plays special teams. Well, I, think, I think the Eagles need to go out and get a veteran receiver. I, yeah, I would love a veteran pick. I would love a veteran receiver. I would love a uh, a veteran running back. And they just don't see that that has value, unfortunately. I mean, my question is with the defensive line. I mean, after the front four, the starting four, I mean, who do you really have? I mean, they, they got to get to the quarterback. To me, they just lack, you know, penetration on the sack in the quarterback. Well, starts you're, looking, up front. you're looking at – so every year – you know, the question always gets asked, who's the person that impressed you the most at training camp? And, you know, players will will, will give their take. Josh Sweat is the most mentioned name when right. asked about who's going to have a breakout year. And it's funny just because of this. Like, I remember talking to Chris Long the year the Eagles were going to the Super Bowl, the year they won the Super Bowl. And I, I said, who's the guy in the locker room that you really think is – you know, I asked the, the generic question. And he goes, Josh Sweat. Josh Sweat's the guy. When he's healthy, when he's fully back from his knee injury, watch out. So this could be the year that he finally does it. Who knows? But this could be the year he finally does it. But he got Josh Sweat. He got Brandon Graham. He got Ryan Kerrigan. He got Javon Hargrave. He got uh, Fletcher Cox. Yeah, uh, Derek Barnett. Let's see if that's the breakout year for him finally. Uh, oh. But, no, they have depth there at that spot. They got a lot of people in the defensive line that are going to rotate in and out that I'm really looking forward to see. Milton Williams is a guy in the preseason that really impressed me. Uh, 
four or six round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, right. And he can move his weight around. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing what the defensive line does. Well, as you said, Josh, what? I think he ought to be starting over Darren Barnett. Oh, I agree. Oh, I he's agree. hungry. Yeah. He just again, has that killer instinct. Again, first round pick, though, versus a – what was Josh uh, Sweat? Fourth, I don't even know. I fourth, maybe? I think so. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Look, look, look who's yeah. behind the curtain, but – I'm not going to get into that. We all know what it's what it is, and let's, now, let's not get me fired up. Switching gears here from, and we won't even talk about DCU because Ron Rivera. First of all, one thing is I will say, Ron Rivera. Thank God he, he beat cancer. That's a great thing. DCU. I don't expect much from them this year. I mean, I I think they'll be just down there with the Giants. Not that you know I would expect for the Eagles winning division, but hey. What four wins, one in division last year, five wins. So anything can happen in the 17 game season. But so DCU, yeah, you guys are cute and you're still trying to figure out who you guys are. I still think you're a university team. Uh, and you know, I guess they're trying to figure out what their next new team name is going to end up being. But I don't expect much from Ron Rivera's group this year. I, I would think, and I know a lot of people are trying to say that they would definitely win the division. Giants, I think, would have more of, of, of a win factor when it comes to the division. Uh, the cow. Boys slash cowgirls. I think the same old, same old when it comes to their head coach, which Mike McCarthy. It's great to see that Dak finally got his his, uh, his pay, his due, like he should have. But I don't see the Cowboys improving anything any different. And of course, Jerry Jones takes every minute of every single day to make sure he comes on that radio show down there locally in Dallas and talks about how great they're going to end oh. up doing. And if anybody's watching us in Dallas, I hate to break the news to you, you guys are going to do the same thing like you've been doing for the past, I don't know, 20 years. Nothing. Well, Dallas, put it out there. Dallas did take the number one pick with uh, Mika Parsons, the best linebacker coming out. So, yeah. which he's a beast. I mean, well, hey, I wouldn't mind him in our linebacking court. I mean, Dallas went heavy on defense. I'm picking the Giants to win the NFC East. If Daniel Jones can just not turn the ball over, there's mm. no reason why the Giants shouldn't win the NFC East. No, that's true. And before I before I get into uh, one one other question, I want to get here together with uh, with Mark. Bill has one more last one. He says, "So, Mark, with limited backs, why do you see Birds eight or more wins if we don't trust the running game? And how will we win? We have no bet the house wins because it's not about the running backs anymore. As much as I I wish running backs mattered as much as they used to. If you're running, if these put it this way, if these running backs stay healthy, which is every every time you got to bring up that caveat." They're three really good running backs, and they're three running backs for for the position that the the Eagles want to use them for, which is or the scheme the Eagles want to use them in. When it comes to screens, when it comes to bubble screens, it comes to wheel routes. Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, they can absolutely do that. Running the football, Miles Sanders can absolutely do that. This is not like this is not going to be a run first football team. There is no run first football team in the NFL. Even the teams that even like Ezekiel Elliott even fizzled out. I know he had injuries, but last year, the year before that, he was not the guy that you would take as like the third pick in your fantasy draft. It's not about running the football anymore. It's about running it enough where you can set up the deep ball. It's about running it enough where you can sell the play action. That's all it is now. Like running is just setting up decoys now, unfortunately. Right. It's all about running the screen. It's all about running the wheel routes. It's all about using that as part of your play action as opposed to actually trying to ground and pound, which is just not a thing anymore. So if you want to look at these three running backs and say they're they're light, you're absolutely right. We're used to five running backs on a roster. 
But when it comes to these guys, they want to go heavy wide receiver. They want to go uh, heavy on uh, their quarterbacks. They want to go heavy defensive line and offensive line. But when it comes to the actual running back, that's not something that they're putting a lot of value on right now, unfortunately. And they showed you that by getting rid of a veteran guy like uh, Jordan Howard, for instance. Yeah. And, and, and they want to run 12 personnel, too. Exactly. Oh, that, that, that's another. That's a great point because you're talking about Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz, who you're going to see on the field quite a bit. Right. And, and, and all true case here. But again, you, now we talk about Zeke and not one of my favorite characters in the world. But in, they, they come back and they say, oh, he, he looks as best as he ever did. He looks great. He looks as he looks at. We saw the year that he decided mm-hmm. to hold out, went to Mexico, decided to go over there, do his practicing or whatever else, got his money. And even that year, they said, what? Oh, yeah, he looks the best he's ever looked again. Sorry, but Zeke Elliott also not the answer when it comes to the Cowboys, at least what I believe. And, and I don't even know why and where I'm talking about him so much, but because we go around the league around here. So to me, Zeke, it, it, again, not one of them answers down there. Uh, a good possibility, obviously, with being here in Tampa, maybe Tom Brady wins another one here with the Bucs. Um, and just saying this, throwing it out there. But if we stick over to the Texas side, Deshaun Watson still on the roster, but Deshaun Watson, Mark, may not be the starting QB this season because of all the allegations yeah. that he's had out there. Yeah. It's also been known that possibly a trade could be set up for the Miami Dolphins. Now, add to the mix that Cam Newton is also out of a job. That comes with a little controversy saying, oh, it wasn't because of the COVID thing, so on and so forth. If you are the GM for the Miami Dolphins, and you know that Deshaun Watson may come with baggage. Your two options for Tua, because apparently they still don't believe in Tua enough. Do you pick up Deshaun Watson plus baggage? Or do you believe that Cam Newton can come in there and learn this book within, I don't know, what's it take, about two to three weeks for the guys to get a little bit of the playbook in there? I know he wouldn't He wouldn't have a fair shot, obviously because he got let go last week in the preseason and this week obviously by, by the Patriots. So do you gamble with Deshaun or would you gamble with Cam Newton? I'm not gambling on Deshaun Watson at all. Like I'm not getting near that, and not even I'm not even sniffing it. Like even if I'm downwind, I'm going upwind. Because why I is that, to... Big Mark? Tell me uh, why. Because 22 allegations. The NFL hasn't even talked to him yet. Like if it mean? was, if it was like one or two people, then you could say, all right, what's going on here? But if it's 22 allegations, and now it's what another 10 criminal charges that could be brought up on him, I'm not getting near a guy that's putting himself in that situation. Not oh, even close. Hot and bothered. I'm gonna keep pushing. But what did he do wrong, Big Mark? What did he do? I don't understand. What he, he put did himself. Wrong. I'll tell you. Allegations. Okay. What, what did he do wrong, sir? He put himself in a position to have 22 allegations and another 10 criminal charges possibly brought against him for uh, sexual assault. So he was getting body massages, right? Uh, that you want to call him that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot of details in those reports. And there's a lot of details in the interviews. If you listen to the women that are the few that have come forward to actually tell a little bit of their story, it's it's pretty nasty. Now, it's pretty I, nasty. Big Mark, I agree that anytime you assault a woman or you or you're disrespectful, whatever the case may be, that's bad news. You should never yeah. do that. But if you're paying thousands and thousands of dollars to get a full body massage with no clothes on, I just I'm I'm just not for sure. We didn't hear the whole story on how bad these allegations are. So I'm inter- I'm really interested to see how this comes up in yeah. the mix and whether they get rid of him because one wow. woman asked one woman told said that publicly said that he he was requesting her to um enter him 
Oh, that's not that, that's bad news. That's, that's bad news. Yeah. That's bad news, Mark. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did I say that in a good way? Mark, it was at the best level. Mark, that's just as bad as sitting next anyway, to the bathroom asking girls to get a drink. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the, the consensus anyway is he's not even going to come <laughs> to being able to play this year anyway. So I don't wow. think the Dolphins would go after him. And as far as like if, uh, Angel, you brought up Cam Newton. I said this before. I said it a couple of days ago. There's the Ron Rivera connection, and it would not surprise me because he's familiar with him. Yeah. Ron Rivera knows how to handle him. He gets the best out of him. So it's not going to surprise me if Cam Newton – I know Fitzpatrick can't stay healthy either for a full year. It would not surprise me if Cam Newton winds up in Washington. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't either as far as that goes. But as far as the Dolphins situation went, I don't understand how you take a guy that high in Tua and you want to give up on him multiple times. So, and right. I know that's the it's one place that Deshaun would want to go to. Cam could possibly go there. Angel, I know you asked that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Washington or if it's uh, Miami for Cam to end up in those two spots. No, which is true. I, I don't. That's what I don't understand either, Mark. Because you you drafted a kid. You told him you believe in him. But I don't know where's the disconnect with the Miami Dolphins and Tua. I understand he was injured, obviously, his last year in college. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, could he be injury prone? So is Carson Wentz. Anything apparently Carson Wentz is doing, I mean, between ankle, COVID, being around people, and you feel bad for Carson Wentz as well because, it, yeah, he moved, he left because he wanted to reinvent himself up there in Indy. Yeah. But I don't understand why in the world they're bringing Tua down so much to the point where like they just don't believe in him. So if you don't, and I thought Flores actually – was a better coach that he would be able to fix whatever he feels is wrong with Tua. But if you're not giving him the chance, it's like keeping the man on the roster. Tell him Tua go over there and play with the rest of the guys. The rest of us over here are gonna make sure we make a team. Yeah. And I just I feel bad for the kid because he hasn't gotten his moment to shine. So if you bring in a Cam Newton in here in the camp, and let's just say you don't start him again for like three weeks because he has to learn it, then how do you expect for Tua to react? And think, okay, what's the deal? No different than Carson when you had Nick win the Super Bowl, and then you turn around and bring in Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. So it's almost the same way with with Tua. But listen, that 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 could be a whole conversation for a whole different day because I, I just feel bad for Tua. Yeah. You, oh, you certain franchises are just forever damned to be terrible, and Washington's one of them now with Snyder, and uh, the Dolphins are the same way. Like the Dolphins brought in like Bill Parcells years ago to try to right their ship, and he couldn't do it. Like there's just certain franchises are just doomed for a long time. Yep, it is. It's unfortunate. But I will tell you this much, though. If Tua or Cam or even maybe, well, well they exclude Deshaun, maybe uh, Patrick Mahomes, if they ever needed the greatest cigar in the world, Mark, where would they go for it? <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, I don't, I mean, I know that you got like the Florida hookups. I'm up here in Philadelphia, so I would tell you Ashton Cigar. Oh, there's one close. Whoa, there's one even closer. I tell you what, Goose's Monte Cristo Lounge and Tobacco. It's out there Big in Limerick, Goose. Pennsylvania. Hump, 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 yep. hump, hump, hump. Out there in Limerick, Pennsylvania, 250 West Ridge Pike. If you go to cigargoose.com, you can mm. find the best cigars in the Philadelphia and Delaware Valley. So if if you want one, let's let me know. We can make sure we take care of you. Goose's Monte Cristo Lounge with Tobacconist. Because, in matter of fact, we'll be up there for September 12th. So, Mark, if you got nothing else better to do on the 12th, come up to the studio. We'll all be up there. And we can extend the conversation. Goose's and Limerick? Yep. Limerick. Right. Yeah, 250 my, West Ridge my, Pike in Limerick, Pennsylvania. My cousin Greg's out there. Me. First yeah, cigar yeah. on me, guys. Appreciate it. Right, right there. First cigar on me.
Uh, I'll be, unfortunately, uh, working that night. Derek Gunn and I, as well as Devin Caney and uh, uh, Bill McMullen, Lane. John McMullen and Lane Johnson will be doing uh, an Eagles postgame show, uh, courtesy of the Jacob Sports Media. Uh, that'll be on YouTube as well as uh, 6abc.com after every Eagles game. So we'll be on oh. that. So I can't oh. smoke a cigar. I can't have some drinks, unfortunately. Uh, I'll be doing that during the Eagles season this year. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, right. yeah looking forward. To, we've done a couple of uh, – Dry runs. We've had Lane on, and we've interviewed him. And Lane is always a guy that's just willing to say, like willing to speak his mind, which we appreciate. Uh, looking forward to it. I, Derek Gunn's one of my favorite people, the great Gunfather himself. Yes, I work sir. with NBC He's Sports awesome. Philadelphia. Look forward to uh, to doing the post game show with him and Devin Caney after every Eagles game. Now that led into a whole different plug, which I didn't even know it was coming. But listen, great job by you, Mark, because I, I didn't see that one coming either. So, hey, hey, there you go. That, there you that's go. This is why I said in the very beginning, I don't need to put in a structure for Mark because Mark just does everything. That's the great <laughs> part about him. When you don't sleep, this is what happens. But yeah, listen, right. Mark, uh, the, the, the good thing is, obviously, the season does start in about another week or so. Obviously, Tampa Bay and Dallas start off the week here on Thursday. The NFL or Super Bowl experience, whatever you want to call it, on Thursday. Uh, though, though Tampa will be experiencing it for the first time in a long time. But, of course, the fans here are excited. They want to see what's going to happen again this year with Tampa Bay. I think they're probably one of the ones, one of the powerful ones, the NFC, that could possibly walk away with it again. Tom Brady is on a crazy regimen, and we've all seen. So who knows? It, it could be the Bucks here again. But before I let you go, I also would like to thank our sponsors, of course, Tampa Joe's. If you guys are in Tampa, Florida, by all means, 9316 Anderson Road in Tampa, Florida. Go see Mike Goodwin, the group down there. They have a phenomenal menu lineup, and we will be there. I, well, at least the Eagles fans, Philly South will be there week one for the Atlanta opener. And then week two, I will be there live doing a live set from Tampa Joe's. And as we mentioned, the best cigars in the Delaware Valley from Goose's Money Crystal Lounge with Tobacconist. Again, visit CigarGoose.com. Also has retro sports talk show on Sundays at two o'clock, followed by, uh, once again, Kevin, the four o'clock show. Yeah. You said the four o'clock show? Yes, sir. Absolutely. That is that that that's when we just talk about all the great cigars. So in any cigar selection, and you know the best selection of cigars is Monte Cristo. So when you guys do come down, we will be smoking the finest Monte Cristo in the world. So we can't wait for you guys to come to Limerick, Royalsport, Pennsylvania, and have a great smoke at Goose's Lounge. All right. Exactly. And then we'll we'll make sure we get one. We'll pull one out to the side for Mark there, so we can we can send it over to him. And then also from LG Direct Sales Solution, Larry Gilman does a great job. If you guys have any credit card payment solutions and or if you need a credit card terminal, please reach out to lgdirect.net. That's lgdirect.net or call them at 855-777-3863, 855-777-3863. And uh, I, I can't wait to get together also with those guys up there in Philly, which I will be up there next week. So, uh, Mark, I might swing by your house, even though I, you know, I imagine where you live. I'll swing by there next week. There you go. I got the meatballs on the stove already. Let's go. Sounds All right. good. I'm done. coming by, Mark. I'm coming by. There you about go. some Rajol. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be good, too. If, if you see us outside, it's just us. It, it's just the nutty guys out there. So we'll, yeah. we'll go out there. Let him in, <laughs> honey. It's fine. All right. Anyway. <laughs> It'll be a good time. Don't worry about it. It'll be great. I'm Everybody sure. else. Thanks for tuning in, Mark. Don't go anywhere there for a second. Thanks for everyone tuning in. For my lovely producer out there in Studio B, for Debbie, uh, for my national correspondent, Ryan Neff, my co-host, Vito Corleone, also known as Mike Fuji, and for our newest contributor here, Kevin Towns. 
for Mark Farzetta. And Mark, please let the people know once again how they can find you. Uh, the, at Mark Farzetta, very difficult Twitter handle. And of course, the Farzy <laughs> Show or Farzy Show on YouTube. Hit subscribe, people. Have yourselves a good time. Yes, sir. Uh, I see one more comment before we let it go. Ducky Seb's score. Let's go. You know, I guess we should actually go out with that one. That's a good point by him. There you go. All right. And listen, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We will see you next Tuesday with Jordan Inspector. It's going to be a great time also around the table coming up. And in two weeks, we will have Tarika from ESPN, also from the WNBA, September 14th. That's going to be so much fun in about two more weeks. Mark, once again, thank you for coming on with us tonight. Everyone else, My pleasure, have guys. a Thanks. great week, and we will see you next week.